Welcome to the Life as an Observer podcast. My name is Ryan Bean. I am your host in self-observation. This podcast is an exploration of physical and non-physical self through discussion around yoga, meditation, self-improvement, self-realization, and practices that elevate the mind-body-soul connection. Let's start observing. This episode of Life as an Observer is made possible by patron support. If you'd like to support this program, you can visit patron.podbean.com backslash life as an observer to learn more. Hey, Veronica. Hey, Ryan. How's it going? Um, I feel really wonderful today, and I'm feeling just especially grateful, especially knowing that we're going to talk about uh, veterans, and we're going to talk a little bit about serving, and um, just things out in the world. And it just makes me really excited, especially because we got this this retreat coming up, and I'm excited to share with the audience who you are and um, just what we're what we're up to. We got a lot of stuff behind the scenes happening. Before we get diving deep into all that. Um, I want to thank those who are um, patrons to the to the podcast for making this an ad free podcast. Um, those who have decided to 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 pledge on the Podbean site, so that's uh, uh, patron.podbean.com, and you can subscribe, get a lot of different content, stuff that we're going to be probably even recording at our retreat. I like to grab a lot of nature sounds, and there are certainly a lot of them. Um, in Georgia when we go to the hostel in the forest, but we'll get to that. But before we get into that, I want to start today's um, podcast as we're talking about veterans with a poem that I found online, and I think that it um, really will set the tone. So this particular poem is written by, her name is Andrea Christensen Brett, and she wrote a poem called I Am a Veteran. It says, you may not know me the first time we met. I'm just another you you see on the street. But I'm the reason you walk free and breathe free. I'm the reason for your liberty. I'm a veteran. I work the local factory all day. I own the restaurant just down the way. I sell insurance and I start your IV. I got the best looking grandkids you'll ever see. I am your grocer, your banker, your child school teacher. I am your plumber, your barber, your family's preacher. But there's a part of me you don't know very well. Just listen a moment. I've a story to tell. I'm a veteran. I joined the service while still in my teens. I traded my prom dress for camouflage greens. I am the first in my family to do something like this. I followed my father like he followed his. Defying my fears and hiding my doubt, I married my sweetheart just before I shipped out. I missed Christmas and then Easter, the birth of my son. But I knew I was, what I was doing had to be done. I served on the battlefront. I served on the base. I bound up the wounded and I begged for God's grace. I gave orders to fire and then I followed the commands. I marched into conflicts in far distant lands. In the jungle, in the desert, on the mountains and the shores, in bunkers, in tents, on dank earthen floors. I fought on the ground, in the air and on the sea. My family and friends were home praying for me. For the land of the free and the home of the brave, I faced my demons in foxholes and caves. Then one dreaded day, without a drummer or fife, I lost an arm, my buddy lost his life. 
I came home and moved on, but forever was changed. The perils of war in my memory remained. I don't really say much. I don't feel like I can. But I left home a child and I came home a man. There are thousands like me, thousands more who are gone, but their legacy lives as time marches on. White crosses in a row and names carved in a queue remind us of these brave souls had to do. I'm part of a fellowship, a strong, mighty band of each man and each woman who has served this great land. And when old glory waves, I stand proud, I stand tall, I help keep her flying over you, over all. I am a veteran. Beautiful words from Andrea um, Christensen Brett. And it sort of embodies many aspects of being a veteran, not just Army, just Navy, just Marine Corps, just Coast Guard. And I, I remember while being in, I, both uh, Veronica and I are veterans, serving in different aspects of, of the, the different uh, branches of the military. Uh, as we're in, quite rivalristic, but it, but now that we're out, we really kind of lump it all as the same because we realize that it, we may have served in different capacities, but really we're kind of the same gang. And, and here on the other side, we're kind of fighting the same battle now, which is for our own selves to kind of move into our own identities of who we are wanting to be after or post-service. So, um Thanks for letting me kind of share that little piece of, of, of poem that it doesn't really matter where we serve, whether you be on a, bent, uh, a, a base somewhere or you served in a war somewhere. I always hate to, I'll, I'll get into this a little bit, but I always, when people go, which war were you in? You know, like, but it doesn't really matter which war any veteran was in because it doesn't make their service more valuable than another's. Um, it really all equal in my eyes and whether I served in what would be would be called a conflict because I served in the time of Somalia and after Desert Storm. So it was Desert Fox at that time, um, but still all equal in the eyes of the healing and the, the things that come afterward and the experiences that we use. So. V, I'd like um, I'd like everyone to sort of meet you. I can I kind of I'm reading the, read your bio here before we started, but I, from your words, um, I don't want you to tell me what you do, but tell me who you are post uh, military service, and then we'll, we'll 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 rewind and go back to who you were before military service. So tell a little bit about what your passions are now. Well. Thank you for that poem, Ryan. Well, um, my passions now are to be sovereign, to be free. I felt liberated as soon as I got out of the military that I could be an individual and I could be creative and I could do whatever I want. And so I really embrace freedom and, you know, kind of living an alternative lifestyle now. But I feel like being in the military helped me be adaptable. So I can do all these things and try all these new things. And I'm always traveling and going. And so, yeah, I'm a traveling artist now. And I express myself through paint and, and curating events. And I love, I'm a people weaver. I bring people together. And I, I create special sacred experiences for people to bond and heal and go on their own journey. I, at one point, I went on a very deep healing journey. And I thought I was a healer and I tried to heal people. And what I realized is, you know, you have to empower other people to heal themselves. 
And it's draining to try to think that you're going to be the sole purpose, the sole healer of this person. You know, they, people have to take accountability for their own healing. And so once I stepped out of my own way, I realized that I could show other people how they can empower themselves through healing and holistic practices. And so I got out, um, I used the GI Bill and I became a nurse and quickly I became discouraged with the healthcare system. I saw the corruption and, uh, you know, the deep push for pills and just to cover up the symptoms. And um, a lot of places I was working was not addressing the core issues of why these people were sick. And to me, that just created a lot of moral injury. I was like, I don't want to support this system that isn't really empowering other people. And I decided, you know, being a nurse wasn't for me. And then I went into a full-time art mode and I really started to paint my feelings and process a lot of my own PTSD um, through art. So I love to help other people find that same, you know, magic. Yeah. And so now you, you have created, um, we do a lot of events and, and, but one in particular we're going to talk about is the visionary veterans, um, retreats and campouts and different events that you do for veterans. And, um, these are primarily veterans working with veter- working with veterans, not you know outside sourcing. And for the most part, from what I really see here is, I mean, stateside for now, stateside being in the United States and offering things that are not only affordable, um, but but are maybe different than veterans are getting um, going to the VA clinic or those who are, you know, interested in some of these modalities that you would, you said where you kind of went into that uh, hand quotation marks healer mode, but you learned a lot from that, those experiences and coming out of it. So I, I want to rewind a little bit before we jump into those and what you do with visionary veterans. But um, our paths are very similar in that way where we said, I don't know really where I'm supposed to be in my life. I'm you know, 16, you're an ROTC, and then you maybe go see a, a recruiter, and the recruiter tells you what your ASVAB score can get you as a job, and, and really kind of um, puts all kinds of glitter around it, and maybe like a little bit of frosting on top, and makes it look really, really beautiful, and you're sold. You're like, that is the life for me, and I think that we're both in that same kind of route where we said, okay, yeah, I will go do that. I with my own free will, I'm going to do that. And, um, but at that time, military service looked a lot different than it does on this end of it, where you're now post looking back. Tell me a little bit about, um, if you can remember (laughs) those days where you were, um, anticipating, um, entry into camp, like you were just waiting for the day to go to camp. What did your life look like then? Like, why why did you choose uh, the Marine Corps, first of all? And what did your life look like that said, this is the right choice for me? Wow. Okay. Well, um, to be honest, I felt like my life kind of lacked structure from my home life. And, um, and I needed an escape. I was in a toxic relationship and I literally thought that I would not survive if I didn't get out of there quickly. This was before 9-11. So I, um, I didn't know we were going to be going and getting deployed. So I joined, you know, cause I wanted to travel and I joined the Marine Corps because 
at that moment, I didn't feel empowered. Um, I was in a toxic relationship and I wanted to learn how to protect myself and I wanted to feel proud and build muscle and build this community. And maybe it was a little bit of ego because I was like, yes, this one's the most hardcore. Maybe I'm going to do it. Meanwhile, in high school, I was severely depressed. I was probably about 105 pounds. Um, I wasn't eating because I was in that toxic relationship. And so I went right from that to the Marine Corps where I gained like 20 pounds in boot camp and, you know, total 180 in my life. But um, I was scared. I was naive. And, you know, I went in, you know, not I had no idea what to expect. I was terrified on the bus ride there. Couldn't sleep. And then you, you know, arrive on those yellow footprints at boot camp. And it's just like, um, what is that movie? Um, Joker. Oh, man, I can't think of it. Full Metal Jacket, right? Yeah. Where, they, where they just immediately start screaming at you. And I was just like, I'm, when I was there, I was like, oh, shit. What did I get myself into? <laughs> this is going to suck, you know? And, but um, I'm glad I did it. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like I mean, you, you gain 20 pounds, which is usually not the story uh, what people tell. They usually say that how much they lost and had to get refitted for uniforms by the end of boot camp. You know, you get fitted. Those who have uh, are not veterans, uh, maybe don't relate to this. But you, when you get there, they fit you almost immediately for your uniforms that you're going to have when you graduate, expecting that you're going to graduate. But the problem is, is especially if you've gone in and you're not quite as fit, you tend to lose weight just because of you're not eating as, as maybe as much or as you're eating what you need when you're at boot camp. You're not eating a lot of junk and uh, <laughs> and you're definitely running. You're definitely you know doing push-ups and all the stuff that you've seen in, in, in movies. And a lot of people have to get refitted because their, their uniforms are baggy by the time they leave, you know, just those few weeks at boot camp. So, um, you know, our lives look way different and we and it, we, we see these movies that say oh, this is the way it's going to be but it's probably not that bad because that's hollywood there's no way now i know that some things have changed but we um lived in a time where there was still hazing that happened within uh boot camp that, that happened on ships and happened in different barracks hazing to um as, as, as it was almost as a, some of them were acts of love, like way to go. Now, I don't know if you if you ever had to do this, V, but so being in the Navy, we do something called shellback initiations. And shellback is when you uh, cross over the um, the uh, the equator. So you, you, you do a shellback. And and there's also ones when you cross over the, the meridians, when you go over to the, the dateline and you, you do that. Sorry, the, the shellback is the is the dateline. And then you have the other one when you go over the um, equator and when we did the shellback initiations, we were, we were going through the Gulf of uh, the Persian Gulf and we went over to Australia and then over to Hawaii, you cross that dateline. And when you cross the dateline, this happens. Everything shuts down on the boat. And um, there's things like walking around on your hands and knees on the non-skid surface. There's, um, you know, being sprayed with all kinds of condiments and uh, fire hoses and there's being leashed like a dog walked around the, the ship and there's a lot of things that happen. I'm not going to get into all of them, but wow. I'm sure there's other stuff that happens on ships that are not so friendly where that one, I mean, it seems like, Oh, why would I want to do that? But it's, you know, you, it's part of a tradition, right? It's part of history and it's part of what makes the military, what it makes the military. And, and, you know, when being on a ship, I've heard a lot other ones, what were not so friendly ones that were, Hey, you're, you're messing up. We're going to, we're going to fix this. I remember something that happened also at boot camp, which was called a, a 
forget what we actually called it. I think we called it a soap party, um, where you people would put a soap in a in a sock. You know, if people oh, the wow. guy who the guy who was making everyone have to run more, they would, you know, you'd hold him in his blanket, then hit him with the sock. Now, and that was to correct correct the behavior so that that didn't happen again. Now, not all military services like that, but things like that do happen. Um, that are very intentional traumas that that come out of of um, that service, but there's also unintentional stuff that happens, right? There's un- there's stuff that's not like this was meant to trigger you and meant to, to cause you trauma, which some of that is like being deployed. You have to do that. It's just part of like what you agree to. You agree to that that I'm going to do that. However, if you like the poem said, leaving your newborn or your you know, if you just married or in a relationship that causes um, a separation from family, um, causes separation from new, new, newlyweds, um, causes a lot of things that happen. And at least in the time of service, there's not much that really goes into preventing that. Now, I don't know if you, uh, if you want to take a, a little bit of a, a trip down memory lane with me, but I don't recall um, different practices that were made to help with deployment, making it easier, using that word easier. I don't think I ever heard that. Did you ever? So I have some interesting news. I mean, you know, they weren't, they were intentionally taught, you know, to not process any of their feelings where I was working. And specifically, I was working with public affairs and I had to interview all these like uh, infantry Marines and I followed them around and I literally would interview them at every funeral that I went to. And we went to 40 Marine funerals and I interviewed every friend that just lost their buddy, you know, just watched him die. And the commander came up to me and he said, you know, don't talk, don't have them talk about their feelings wait until they get home because this was in Iraq, you know, and he pulled me aside to tell me that he's like, we are not talking about any of this. And so, you know, they watch their friend die the next day, they're back on the, you know, the mission and they don't really give them time to rest, to think about these things. And it's go, 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 go. And then fast forward when they get back, you know, it's the same thing. A lot of people feel shame if they have any kind of emotional expression and um, yeah, it's a really intense space to be in. So, I mean, I kind of jumped ahead there. I guess that's just where the conversation was going. Oh, yeah. But, but yeah. I, so the commander said, don't, don't, don't have them talk about how they're feeling. Let's, the, and uh, let's talk about that a little bit. So that's an acute stress that's happened, right? So an acute stress, mi- losing their buddy, that's something that happens quickly and could, Grief can, you know, heal a little bit, a little bit of talking can, can help. There's other things that can, can happen, but you know, when you lose your, your buddy, when you, yeah, there's a death, you don't get time off, right. To, to process that and grieve, um, that I know of, I don't know that you get, uh, liberty, um, <laughs> to go attend funerals necessarily. Um, the, the, I, being on a ship, uh, sometimes I remember there were several uh, burials at sea that we would um, participate in, and and so you could sort of be part of that. But um, for the most part, people were shipped back home. You know, they were, 
shipped back home and then you never saw them again, never really heard from the family, especially if you are deployed, right? Mm -hmm. And so that acute stress, which could easily have been um, treated as the word that is coming up, but it treated as not really addressed is maybe a better word. That acute stress or that acute trauma that happened could easily have been addressed when sitting in your body lingering creates PTSD, right? So once, once an acute stress is there, we as humans, we don't release that stress. We tend to just suppress it because that's what we're told to do. Anyway, go back to work. Hey, be, be grateful. It's not you. Um, you know, but that's really, that's a very, um, stoic mindset in a way like just move past that obstacle. It's fine. We'll move on. However, those who are not part of that mindset all the time say, well, I'm still missing my friend, my person, my partner, and we're told not to have feelings about them. So as that as that builds into what we would identify as a post-traumatic stress um, disorder or um, what do you see happening with, with, with um, the people that come to your retreats, that come to do your workshops, that haven't really been diagnosed with PTSD, but are having a hard time moving beyond their military service. How do you navigate them into their own healing, you know, and say, these are the tools, what tools are you offering? And and what is some of the, the things that you're seeing with those who have been told, don't talk about it. It's not important right now. Go home first. And then, and then they're coming to to you, or you're 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 seeing your friends. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. So a lot of times when people get out of the military, um, you know, it's very traumatizing because they're essentially losing their whole sense of who they are. They're losing their community. They're losing their house. You know, they're going to a new location. They don't have a lot of the luxuries that you have on base, and so they have to kind of form a new identity. And their identity that they're used to is kind of hardened. And at least in the Marine Corps sense, it was very much like desensitized, you know. And so sometimes people have a harder time connecting with, you know, civilians who haven't had those experiences, you know, and it might take them a while to finally open up. But um, the one thing that I offer is to bring community, a veteran community together so we can build a peer support group because when they lose their community in the military, you know, it's, it's essential to regain a new sense, you know, and this time we're forming healthy communities because, you know, um, not all the communities are healthy and a lot of them, you know, go are based around at least the ones that I've noticed. There are a lot of them based around drinking events and things like that. And, you know, that has its place, but, um, you know, I think right now, now that we have this access to all this information of the toxins and the different exposures um, there's ways that we can prevent future illnesses and future uh, ailments if we start now with detoxing, um, and that can help prevent some cancers, and it could open up and detox just all of your organs, um, mind, body, and spirit-wise. So an- another thing at the retreats is we're going to be offering like food healing options and teaching you how to empower yourself through food. And so just basically showing them different ways because, you know, they're you know, the government's very much tied in with the pharmaceutical companies and they're very much pushing those efforts. And I don't, me coming from like an herbalist side, um, I just really believe in natural, pure remedies 
Um, and I try to stay as natural as possible. So helping other people find outside sources, because sometimes their medicines, you know, that the VA give them aren't working. Like for me personally, when I got out, I was on like five different antidepressants. And, you know, now that I think about it, maybe one or two like really good mushroom journeys for me is great. It helps me maintain um, a good uh, mental space. So um, it's very hush hush. We're not even allowed to talk about that, you know, in a lot of spaces. So I don't know if that answers your question. <laughs> well, no, yeah, I, I, I do want to tap on that. So a little bit. So, you know, there's there's uh, I don't know that well, especially veteran care, but just in general in Western medicine that we have really said we know how to help PTSD. We don't really we don't really know how to treat depression or post-traumatic stress disorder because we've been treating it with what I would consider um, a, a dart <laughs> at the wall, hoping that it'll work. And for the most part, things like Prozac are kind of placebos because we the doctor is giving it to us and we believe it'll work. And I know that through epigenetics that we can certainly influence how we feel with other modalities, which you may be incorporating. If you're going to the doctor and they're like, here's Prozac and you should probably start exercising and, you know, maybe yoga would be a good thing for you. And then, you know, they start just saying, I don't know, you know, they throw all this stuff out. But for the most part, those who are in the Western world claim they feel better because they're taking that little pill every day. But really, like you just said, maybe a mushroom journey or coming, to, you know, for for ketamine assisted therapy, doing breath work will actually create the endogenous release of some of these dopamines and serotonin that they're getting from Prozac. And mm-hmm. and frankly, when you come off of Prozac, you tend to feel really bad because your your serotonin levels are then way really low. But really, I kind of look at it as a, as a placebo because we can influence that in other ways. And many times, veterans, when they come out, they're, they're not just saying, I have this trauma from war. They just go back to work and they realize that they do what they do. Let's say you were a, a mechanic in the, in the military. And so you, you go into doing what you feel like the only thing you know is being a mechanic. And then you find that you're burned out of your job. You're just like at this place where you're just like, I don't really like this. I don't really like what I'm doing. I don't enjoy, and no offense to mechanics, I just picked that as a job, but it could be anything. It could be you know, public relations, it could be medical, it could be anything. And you haven't learned how to take this feeling of everything being kind of provided and there and you know, you're just sort of in the, in the mix of doing your job. You have to do your job, you have to show up, you have to be there and now you're in, a, in, a, West, you're in a, a civilian world where things change often and people can fire you because they don't like you. And you once had um, this freedom to have a job and uh, medical care and, all the, and you're trying to still figure your way. Now, I'm, I'm relating my own stories. I went in and when I got out, I was like, well, I, I don't know what I want to do. I guess I'll do the same job I did when I was in because that's what I'm trained in. And I guess I'll go to school because that's what I'm supposed to do. But I think the piece that was missing in all that is, you know, we get to travel a lot. And I think that the parts that we most enjoyed about our service, at least for me, was where I got to go visit. Oh, yeah. And 
I got to see things that, that I could like write and talk about and I could like, and they're still here in my brain. And part of me said that was the military that took me there, which it did. But really, it was me stepping into nature. It was me being outside of my home comfort zone, going into something new and different and experiencing nature in its beautiful elements that really kept me um, together, I guess. Is, I, I was going to use the word sanity, but, but then we leave that post-traumatic growth, right? So what mm -hmm. happens next? Post-trauma, military service, you lose a battle buddy or two. You've maybe fought in a, in a battle. Maybe you watch a plane crash. I had several of those happen where you watch a plane crash and you think, ah, I'm moving on because that's what I'm supposed to do. But then here you are. Now what? We're on the other side of service and um, you realize that you're, you kind of have a drinking problem. Maybe your, your relationships are not the, the most solid um, romantically. And w this is leading to maybe other feelings like burnout at work, burnout in your relationships, burnout with family get togethers. And then all of a sudden um, you are somebody new who doesn't like that job. And so now you're burnout in your job. Now what? And this is where your retreats come in really handy for those who are saying, I don't know. I don't even know what, what I'm feeling right now. I don't even know what I'm experiencing. I need to feel better so I can be a provider for my kids. I need to be a better mother, a better mm -hmm. father. I need to be a better human. What can I do that doesn't include me taking a little white pill every day for the rest of my life. And I, I would say, well, there's lots of healing modalities. And I wanna kind of explore those as someone's experiencing maybe what they think might be, like, I don't think I'm depressed, but I might be feeling a little bit of sadness here and there, loss. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I might, I'm not really feeling burnout, but I don't like going to work on Mondays. Well, okay. <laughs> um, I'm not, I'm, I don't have a particular war that I fought in, so I don't have PTSD, right? but yet you're just not feeling as motivated as you once were. And so your retreats with Visionary Veterans, um, and the, the, they can find that at visionaryvets.org, vets.org, um, are really serving all of these scenarios that I just lined up, right? Depression, anxiety, and really just this, I don't know what's next. I don't know what's next. Because I don't know if you were, I don't think you were like a artist before you went into the Marine Corps, were you? You weren't really like a, uh, you weren't selling art online. No, right? No, definitely not. Well, a lot of these experiences you can't really put into words. Like how do you sum up your experience in the military and, you know, in a, in a, a paragraph? It, it's so hard because these experiences are so big. And so that's why I like to bring in art. Because even without you knowing it, subconsciously, you're releasing and you are processing your feelings. And a lot of times you can look at a painting and kind of like, not I wouldn't say pick it apart, but just notice elements like, wow, this represents this or that. And a lot of times you can't see that until you paint it and then kind of step back and look at it later. You're like, wow, this represents my depression or, you know, especially going with specific themes. Like I want to process this or I just want to paint what feels good. So it's just like, yeah, exploring all these things because having a multiple options because not every alternative therapy is going to work well for you, you know, and if, if you don't align with it, it's good to try it, you know, and give it a chance. But if it's not something that you are drawn to, you're not going to continue it. So at these retreats, we get, we show you multiple ways that you can empower yourself and then you can take what works for you. 
and and bring that back home and share it with your community because ultimately it's like you have to heal yourself for your family to heal as well. It's like when you empower yourself, it radiates out to your family, your communities. You know, you're not fighting with your kids as much. You're, you know, you're getting along with your spouse better. It just takes a moment to actually, you know, think about, you know, what you're feeling and, and allowing yourself to feel. And a lot of times we just go from thing to thing without allowing ourselves to feel. And those feelings are heavy and they're painful. But if we, you know, sink into the discomfort sometimes and allow ourselves to process what we need to process, there can be so much growth to where it's not as painful afterwards you know as you evolve yeah as you evolve i mean the, the name of this podcast is life as an observer and I, I think of that as as kind of my motto for life um it wasn't before right the the, the especially in military service it is like well, unless depending on which area you were serving in which era, but for the most part, we need to be prepared always and we need to react and we need to be ready. Right. And um, as you as you step out, sometimes there's a, well, all the time, there's more value in being a responder than a reactor. There's like sitting back mm. and evaluating and noticing that the mind may tell you certain things um, that have been programmed because of your service. I was actually, I was in a, I was at a lunch yesterday and I think that you'll find this kind of fascinating. And I was with a bunch of people that I teach yoga with. And as we went in, I sat down and someone made a comment about, yeah, I'll, uh, you guys can be on that side. I'm not going to sit on that side of the table because I'll watch over us. You guys can keep your back to the front door. And I said, actually, then they laughed about it. You know, and I said, actually, that used to, for about 10 years, I could not sit in a restaurant with my back to the front door. Me too. That, what, what I just did right now sitting here was me stepping into my own healing, saying, I know that I'm in Southern Utah and for the most part, I'm safe. I know that I might not be, but that's just, I don't need to worry about these things anymore. If something happens, I will respond to it rather than being so prepared, sitting with my chest, you know, looking at the front door and being paranoid because to me, especially at a restaurant, and I don't know if it, I'm guessing a lot of listeners, especially those who are veterans, have probably done this where they didn't want to sit with their back to the front door. Oh, yeah. Do you mm -hmm. know how that affects your digestion? Like oh. to, to be stressed while sitting down to eat, to saying I need to protect everyone that's here and myself and be on the ready. That puts you into a sympathetic dominant state just right there, you know, letting go of a little bit of cortisol, which is mm -hmm. stress. And maybe even some adrenaline that you're there and you're on you're on hypervigilant. Your, you're hypervigilant. You're on your you're yeah. on your watch, right? You're on your watch. You're doing your you're doing your rounds. Just you're doing it now in in in, in Nikes rather than in in your boots. You know, you're instead of being in BDUs, you're in your you know you're in your jumpsuit. So whatever. But that's how, for they laughed about it, and I said, well, actually, that took me a long time to get over doing that. And, wow. and now I'm able to sit and enjoy my food and eat. It doesn't mean I don't think about it sometimes. If I hear a funny noise where I'd go and look mm -hmm. over my shoulder. But I know a lot of our veteran, uh, you know, friends and those who we've served with have issues around fireworks, those with loud noises, with motorcycles and all kinds of different things. And we don't know what those triggers are because it's different for each person. And so you had mentioned that you'd offer a lot of different modalities. Now, I know some of them because I am teaching at this next um, 
uh, retreat, which is October the 13th through the 16th. And I'll talk more about that as we get to the end of the podcast here, but the Visionary Veterans Camp Out. But you've been doing this a while for veterans, and I would like to hear a little bit about some of the, what we'll call modalities, or the different things that you offer that are alternate practices. So alternative practices could mean a lot of things. And, and for, for most, um, psychedelic medicines are what's getting kind of the rage in the space. But the truth is, is a lot of those are happening outside of the United States. They're not happening right. for veterans here. So something that's unique that you're doing is in the States, offering budget-friendly retreats, campouts, workshops, so that veterans can can address some of these things. But I'd like to hear about some of the stuff that I know you've done some stuff in Maine, some stuff in Georgia. You've done these retreats uh, even in Florida, maybe. And I'd like to hear about some of those um, practices that you're offering and not just you, but like some of your other uh, um, veteran staff. Definitely. So um, one thing that comes to mind that's a little bit not as, um, you know, well-known in the States is biomagnetism therapy. And it originated in Mexico by Dr. Goez. And he's treated many different clients all over the world by basically isolating specific pathogens. And if there's an overgrowth of a pathogen in your body, you can surround it with magnets to where it like neutralizes. And a lot of diseases, including mental disorders and, you know, ailments could be linked back to these pathogens. So we're bringing in people, um, a Navy veteran and his wife, they're going to be coming in to do treatments on veterans. And basically you can place magnets on specific parts of the head that help with depression, PTSD, even if you can't sleep, if you have low energy, um, they, they basically do a muscle scan and kind of find out what you need based off, you know, what the, the scan tells them. And it's a, it's beautiful. And then along with that, they do sound healing. And so sound healing is a vibrational therapy. And a lot of times, um, you know, we as a group of humans, I don't know, especially veterans, we're not really into the softer, more subtle, you know, energies. And so the sound healing is really profound as it works on just like as a energetic level to realign the vibration of your body. And it also can be very cleansing. It can be very healing. It also can release a lot of trauma. So sometimes people have you know, they release emotions, they cry and they, and they process. Um, another thing we're doing sweat lodge. So sweat lodge is a really powerful detoxification process. So like I mentioned earlier, a lot of us veterans have been exposed to different toxic um, elements. And so the sweat lodge, it, you, you sweat and it, it helps detox your liver, your kidneys, your organs. And it, you know, it helps, helps with your mind. It helps detox your you know, I guess your, your mental space too. And so people leave when they actually leave the sweat lodge, it symbolizes being reborn because your mind, body, and spirit are clear in that moment and you're surrounded by community. And so, um, it's a beautiful ceremony. It's a beautiful ritual and it's a little bit challenging and, you know, but I think veterans can handle it. If they can handle boot camp, they can handle a sweat lodge. If they can handle the gas chamber, you can handle a sweat lodge. You know, we've been under these stressful elements this is just um, a beautiful ritual that might be a little intense, but, um, you know, we have trained facilitators that can help really make sure that you get a great experience from it. And so those are just some of the options that are there. Reiki healing, I've, I've helped bring that to the VA hospital, um, Qigong, poetry, painting. 
all these things, um, every little bit helps, you know, and, and learning about herbalism too. So one thing that I just want to speak real quick is, you know, if we're looking for alternative medicines, you know, lemon balm is so great for your, uh, and St. John's wort or or can be really helpful for just boosting your mood and alleviating just anxiety and stress. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we never, you never know what's going to be the right thing for you. Like we, we started kind of our conversation with saying maybe just being in nature is what you Mm -hmm. need. Um, you, 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 you left your big city went in the military, got out, whether, you know, honorably, dishonorably medical, whatever you, however you got out, went back to where you came from and, you feel like maybe you lost a, a piece of time there. Like you, yeah. now what, now what? And sometimes getting away from our our current environment helps lead us to what's happening next. And that's really what happened for me. I came back and I went right back into work. I went right into college because that's what you're supposed to do. You get your GI Bill and then you do that. But I didn't really find myself or start on that path where alternative and holistic methods would really do much for me until right before I moved to India. And then I moved to India and that changed everything where I started looking at Ayurvedic practices and breath work and and all these different things. And so I know on the 16th, we're gonna be doing, or sorry, the 13th through the 16th of October, some things like nature walks, um, uh, altered state breath, I'm gonna be teaching that. I'm also gonna be doing some Wim Hof Method fundamentals there, which is gonna be really great, ice baths, and then the sweat lodge, which is not just about sweating. I mean, there is a whole process of mindfulness in building it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And which um, I think many veterans will probably appreciate the attention to detail that goes into that and how we have to build it. It has to be just right. And then the, the cooperative component that goes into building it is really a special piece, too, that you can be with a bunch of other veterans, not necessarily building you know, a foxhole. You're building uh, uh, really what symbolizes a womb and finding a rebirth from your experience and going back. I know Crystal is going to be leading some yoga and meditation. um, But what I've noticed, and I'll talk about my final thing I'll be offering here, but is there's a lot of free time, time to just be. Just be and talk and spend time in the open studio painting if you want. If you feel like there's painting is not your modality and you want to make something with sticks or you want to do some sort of sculpture or you want to build something all these are options that's what something i love about being at the hostel too is they have that beautiful art corral that has kind of everything in it yeah personally i'd like to do some sculpturing if we had a way to do that but I don't know. you know that would be kind of fun but we do a lot of other stuff with earth mandalas and and, and other and other things but um i'm also going to be offering uh, what we're calling um alternatives or is ketamine an alternative because a lot of people, um, when they hear veterans PTSD, what's getting a lot of rage in the space is psychedelic medicine. That's what that's what the alternative method is. But what you just talked about, all of uh, a lot of other ones that are not psychedelic medicines, right? So there's light therapies that are that are happening out there. There's different sound therapies and bio beds, and there's things with functional mushrooms, which I'd love to talk mm. about, talking about lion's mane and cordyceps and how Rishi can help um, with motivation and help with depression, how ice baths help with dopamines if those veterans who are dealing with addictions can increase their dopamine levels in a different, more healthy way. So in my class on that day, I'm gonna talk about ketamine because that's the space that I work in now is psychedelic medicine and integrating that to healing. Um, but also some of the things that are 
very accessible at your local herb store and things that are, and I think you'll be joining me in that. I'm, I'm, I'm sure to talk about some of these things and including, um, you know, psilocybin as an option as it becomes FDA approved and MDMA as it gets FDA approved. I want to open the space to veterans to talk about things they've heard of and clear misconceptions because there's a lot of misconceptions, especially those who um, maybe went into the military between the 1980s and 2000s. Um, maybe even, I would even say 2020 really would say that there's some misconceptions within that 40 year period on what psychedelics are. Some people may have actually got a dishonorable discharge because of them, you know, or it could have been, you know, cannabis and what is the healing benefits of using cannabis or even tobacco in some different instances as medicines that are very much appropriate, but in our time of service were illegal, thought of as drugs and not helpful at all. And it's better to go to your doctor and get, uh, you know, an SSRI to help with your depression. Um, so we're going to talk about that a little bit in, um, in the Visionary Veterans Campout. So that's October 16 through 13. So I'd like to kind of talk a little bit about that since we are um, approaching that. And those who are listening who are interested um, in, in connecting to like-minded warriors who want to get into nature, who want to get away from their job for a minute, who are potentially going down their spiritual path, or at least feeling the inclination that they need something more than they're getting with their current state, a state of um, healing, state of medicine, state of spiritual path. Because, you know, it could be, you know, my spiritual path is me just singing. I like to sing or I like to make music. And all that, that is actually a piece of the, that you do at your retreats also with drumming and exotic dance and being kind of a piece of that. But if people come to um, Brunswick, Georgia, October 13th, um, tell me a little bit about um, what they can expect at the hostel. What can they expect with the, the retreat in general, but really, I guess, starting with arriving in Brunswick. Well, sure. Well, the main thing, too, is like, a lot of veterans, you know, they develop these patterns after being in the military. And so this retreat is kind of like a pattern interrupter, right? How can we start you off fresh with new habits to develop? So we're going to be going through and offering yoga and, you know, things at certain times of the day that if you pick up on, you know, this can be really easy to do every day here and then continue on at home. And so we're going to be offering, you know, all kinds of different options, but yoga, breath work, um, just community. And we're staying at this beautiful venue, the Hostel in the Forest, which is on 133 acres of, you know, land with tree houses, geodesic domes. It's a very inspiring community of what, another way of life, you know, not everyone has to live a typical, you know, life where they live in a, you know, a normal house like this is a very alternative i don't know it was very inspiring to me to see that other people were living this way using compost gray water systems outdoor showers you know really in community like really living off the land and um so it's a unique experience and the the hostel's been around for 40 plus years and i just feel so honored that they're letting us to hold something like this there it's been closed down for a while so now that it's opened up you know, it's ready to accept us. I was just there last weekend 
and it's still just as beautiful as I remember it. Um, great staff, and you know, I just really they're going to make sure that we have a beautiful experience. So I feel really supported, but veterans will feel supported too. You know, um, they can, you can come with a group, you can come by yourself and make new friends. Everyone is welcome. You can, you know, do classes with us or go and be in your own on in nature. Um, it's really up to you, but I do want to say that if you're feeling any resistance to a specific treatment, maybe that's exactly what you need. And maybe you can lean into some of the discomfort, you know, for me personally, I don't love ice baths, but I know that when you offer it, it's good medicine. And I know my resistance is me, you know, it's not allowing me to heal in these ways. And so I uh, making an effort to, to do these things, even if they are uncomfortable, I feel amazing afterwards, you know, and, yeah. and I just I want to encourage people that are like, oh, I'm not an artist, blah, 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 blah. You're not going to pull that on me I, as a painter. I believe everyone's an artist. They just haven't found their style yet. Or they haven't given themselves the chance to find that flow state where you can you can just paint a couple dots just repeatedly for hours. And as long as you're in a state where you can just daydream, there can be so much medicine behind that and giving yourself that space and quiet to to heal. And so, yeah, I just want to say that we're going to offer all kinds of things. If it sounds hard, do it anyways. You know, you're going to leave a better person. Um, and so. And we have these amazing facilitators coming out. We have Daisy Loreno. So I don't think I mentioned her. She is um, an army veteran and she's going to be teaching some Peruvian shamanism techniques mm. and how to activate your body with light um, and just using some indigenous knowledge to, to share with people. Um, and she's, um, you know, an elder. And I really love having, you know, a mixture of groups and backgrounds of facilitators. And I think that's going to be beautiful. And we're still trying to confirm Iron Eagle Joe, but he's a medicine man, Apache elder who leads medicine journeys and sweat lodges. And so he's going to, you know, offer some kind of, you know, workshop for the veterans too. So we're just trying to lock him in. So, well, th those who uh, have been listeners of, of Life as an Observer, you, you may remember I had Tom Denard on um, the podcast uh, last year. It's been over a year, probably a year and a half or so um, since he's been on, since his his book uh, was released, his last book was released. Um, but that he is the proprietor and owner of the, of the hostel, and um, that's why I had him on. It's mostly just because of my experiences with him and being there in the hostel, even if he doesn't come, his energy, his vibration and his vision are there and you will feel it. So if you listen to Tom or go back and listen to Tom's um, episode, you kind of get an idea of why we're so passionate about this space. Um, it's not just about, hey, we want to get you there and come and do this thing. And but it's really because Veronica and I both I'm, I'm looking at you here needed this when we first got out and didn't. Oh, yeah. It. Totally, I absolutely. needed this and didn't have it. I had, yeah. I could, I, matter of fact, I know if I've ever told you this, but when I got out, I had considered because I felt so at a loss that I was like, maybe I need to go in the National Guard. Maybe that's mm -hmm. what I, maybe that's what my option is because I don't know what I needed to do. Frankly, TAPS, you know, the, the transition assistance program that is offered when you leave, I can only speak from the Navy, but the tr didn't tell me any of that. Really, it was a matter of filling out forms. It was like how to get out. It wasn't how to get back in. It was like, how do I leave where I am without attachments? It, it had nothing to do with helping me get ready for what's next. 
And so I was very, very much lost. And we can live in that lost for 10, 15, 20, till the day you die, you can say, I don't know if I made the right decisions. And what what we wanna tell you is, none of us have the answer. You have the answer within you. And sometimes being in a quiet space, painting something that you are learning to do, sculpting something, making an earth mandala, sitting in an ice bath, doing meditation, just experiencing new things may lead you to your newest career. For me, I never knew I'd teach breath work. I never, I never thought that, but I knew that I needed to sit in a quiet place to find out what I did want. And that led me to yoga, which led me to breath work, which led me to what I'm doing now with ketamine breath work. So things evolve. And I think that you're always on your path. So as we get into nature, we get into art, we get into all these holistic practices. And I will tell you that they're not the answer to everything. This is not like, ooh, here, we can give you something and you're going to leave that weekend, quote, air quotations, healed, right? But what you are going to leave there with is a newfound sense of belonging, being, and your own empowerment. Your own empowerment that, yes, you can. That you're not a victim. You're not a victim of your, of your time. You're not a victim of those things. And I want to, I want to, I want to kind of emphasize how to get there. Because those, those who are saying, well, that's great, Ryan, but I got to work a job. You know, I got to do this. Get you. I totally get you. But something that Visionary Veterans has done is made um, things like this very affordable. So um, I want to talk a little bit about that. So I, I understand that you have some scholarship options available. But also, if you could just talk about a little bit about how people get information, what the registration process is, and the costs involved. And if you can, uh, talk scholarships. Talk scholarships and what's available. Sure. So if people are interested, they can check out visionaryvets.org. And there's a couple options under the events tab where you can work trade, you can um, apply for a scholarship, um, or you can just sign up. So there is a form online and that you need to fill out just to make sure that you're, you'd be a good fit and we would be a good fit for the group. You know, we might uh, recommend you for another retreat. We might, you know, and if you are triggered by this being a co-ed event, you know, we can consider maybe doing an all male and all female thing. So we need to know that kind of stuff. If you have any allergies, if you have any, you know, uh, limiting factors to your stay, um, filling out that form is really essential. And then after you fill out the form, we do have to call the hostel in the forest and make a $200 deposit, which is refundable up to two weeks. So if you can't make it, um, you're, you can pull out, but, um, yeah, so it's around $605 for each veteran, and that includes three days, three nights, all lodging, all food, all workshops and supplies, and you're going to leave with a goodie bag full of products. Um, we're right. also looking for donations from veteran companies. You know, if you have any holistic um, products that you want to share with other vets, we're open to that, and we're going to pass those out too. Um and so, yeah, if you want to work trade, we have a couple spaces available and that form is online and a couple scholarships available. We are in the process of becoming a nonprofit so we can raise money to make this affordable and free for everyone. But until then, you know, we still got to pay some bills. We have to rent out the whole hostel and pay all of our instructors. And so, you know, it's, a, it's an investment, really. And, you know, as I host multiple retreats a year, I make sure that I go to one or two. 
for myself yeah. to recharge because only when you are pouring from a full cup can you serve others. And so a lot of veterans, they're so of service, they don't take the time to, you know, um, for themselves sometimes. And they're, and they're often very selfless, but a lot of times, you know, that can be detrimental to your health if you don't take the time to, you know, do some self-care. You know, I... So I, something that, that just came up as you were speaking that is, we've been talking a lot about here veterans, here veterans, this is this. But I want to address those who are not veterans who are saying, well, I'm not. So how can I help? Like, I'm interested in like, I don't understand, but I'm interested in being a part of it. And um, there are some options. So since there is not a, the nonprofit umbrella here, but we do accept uh, donations so we can scholarship others to come who maybe don't have the money, who are maybe struggling, um, who are also having a, maybe even a hard time holding a job, who are saying, I just, I need to be working right now. I would love to, but I, I can't. So if, if there, if you are a company who offers a product who would like to get it in front of veterans, we're more than happy to bring that product in or use it or tell even, you know, show it uh, at the event, let people use it, let you be a part of the, the event itself. If you would like to, to donate and offer a scholarship, there is a tab on the page that you can, um, on visionaryvets.org, where you can say, I'm interested in, in offering um, a donation, a scholarship. And, and we would be more than happy to, to accept that because there's a lot of people who we know we would love to offer this to that maybe just can't afford it and of course we just can't give the whole retreat away we got to pay some bills like veronica said we're renting the entire space you know all 130 acres of it along with all the tree houses along with the kitchen along with paying instructors and we want to be able to offer this and some of these veterans their lives have been changed forever um, they have maybe been in wartime, maybe been in a, maybe they were hazed while they were in, maybe they were just gone from their family and that created some trauma. But there are thousands upon thousands upon thousands of veterans who live in your community. They're your neighbors. They are your brother. They're your sister. They are all um, humans still just because they served in a very tough time and really raised their hand and said, I will go was courage. It was courage to say that I will do that. Many of us not knowing really what we were getting into, but left home and came home um, maybe more adult than when they left because they left as children. I left as a child and came home maybe, maybe partially an adult, but still have a lot to learn. And our legacy still marches on. We still um, maybe we have our, our feelings about our military service, but we are still very, very proud of the work that was done and who we are now because of it. And if you're finding that, yeah, I am grateful for all the veterans. If you're the person who's on 4th of July celebrating the 4th of July, and if you're the person who's on Veterans Day celebrating Veterans Day, and if you're out there on all these days that honor Memorial Day, you know, honor Pearl Harbor Day, 9-11, all these days that honor those who have served, who have said, I will go so that you can be free, safe. Now's the time that if you really needed to and wanted to, you could give back and offer a space for healing, holistic healing to a veteran who's really in need. And Visionary uh, Veterans is really doing that. Um, by creating these retreats that offer options, not necessarily advertising, we're offering healing, we're offering options 
to grow. Yeah, it's beautiful. And I, right now there's such a movement of veterans helping other veterans heal. You know, there is this renaissance and veterans supporting each other. And so not only would you be supporting a veteran to even go to this, to learn these techniques that he can take home, but you're supporting a community of people that are all coming together to heal because we understand the limits in our healthcare system. And we're, you know, we're just sharing resources right now. For visionary veterans too, we're also gonna develop a database of holistic practitioners that veterans can go to and also uh, veteran owned businesses that veterans can also tap into. So it's gonna be a resource space as well. Um, Cause me personally, I've had to pay out of pocket for a lot of my alternative, um, you know, healthcare and it's, it can be costly. And so we're just developing programs now so we can get access to those things. So if anyone has any connections to, you know, holistic practitioners, you're welcome to uh, send their information our way and we can post it on the website. We'd love to support those programs. Um, yeah, I just want to put that out there too. Yeah, uh, being able to offer that database as a, as a, as a, as a resource is pretty awesome because um, again, I didn't know what I was doing when I first got out. I had no idea. I didn't no even know idea. that I was going to like yoga the way that I do now. Um, cause I think at the time I probably would have called it all kinds of different things, but now that I'm seeing others, you know, doing it and that it's becoming more, we'll call it more mainstream, um, for, for veterans to say, I can do some of these holistic and alternative methods, um, to have a database that doesn't necessarily mean you have to join one of the, the retreats of visionary veterans, but to have a database that says I'm working on me today. And I'm like the, the poem that kind of we, we talked about uh, earlier, you know, just standing tall, standing proud and not being ashamed, you know, not, not, not being ashamed that you, that you feel something, you feel burnout, you feel depression, but I stand tall, I stand proud and I am going to continue to grow and evolve is, is, all I really want for myself, freedom and happiness, right? Like, like if I could just have freedom and happiness, um, I think that's, I would be completely content, but you know, um, and unfortunately we live in a world that, that our happiness is constantly being challenged with, um, what's happening in the world. Um, our freedom is constantly being attacked. Um, and sometimes it's our own government that's taking that from us. And we want to be able to say, uh, veterans, we know you're proud of the work you did, but sometimes, it's time to break free from the government <laughs> and work and, and, and work and work some other methods that may potentially save your life. And if I if, if we do anything, if we do anything in this world, I want to be proud that I at least offered a service that helps someone potentially save their life, because I, the last thing I want to see is another veteran um, take their own life because they were feeling helpless and hopeless. Um, the, the statistics are staggering, um, of veteran suicides. Um, and I don't know that, um, we can't get those guys and women back. Um, you know, we can't, uh, change what happened, but there are a lot of options, whether it be suicide, uh, crisis lines. I know the VA is doing that. Um, but there are, um, I was trying to see if I could find the exact number, but the, 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 the rate is like one and a half times higher than that of the general population. So it's like Ooh. almost two times as high for veterans to commit suicide as it is 
um, as the, the normal staff so or the normal people. So there's a lot of other places out there, but I know it's I mean, that's 50% higher. We know mm-hmm. that that more than likely that includes homelessness, that includes depression, that includes um, drug use and addiction. There's a lot of things that are happening to veterans who said, I will take the call. And um, what I want to say is there's help. So if you're hearing Veronica and I saying, well, I'm, I'm different because I did this job. I was in the Army. What do you guys know? I was in the Air Force. You guys have no clue what you're talking we're a band of brothers and sisters and you're coming into a group that does understand and yeah, let's come together let's come let's together come together yeah let's come together if there are veterans out there who need someone to talk to um you can always dial the veterans crisis line um, that's just the 988 number um you can dial the 998 and then go to the the number one which is the um, the, the, the hotline. So just you can dial that if needed, 998. Um, or reach out to one of us. Um, Veronica um, um, and I both are very happy to chat with you about other options. Um, but if you're in crisis, please reach out to some of those hotlines. You can easily just type um, veteran hotline and you'll find several options through the VA and through nonprofits. Um, you don't have to be enrolled in the VA to get help. You don't need to be um, part of the healthcare system to go to the VA. You can simply show up and you're in a database as your record of service and you can easily go. Don't feel like you're, you're different or that you can't, though, that you do have people that are there to, to, to help you. And kind of as a, as a closing here um, to, our, to our day, I wanted to go back to our poem that we started with. So... Um, you can go to uh, visionaryvets.org to find Veronica. Um, also, um, your email, if they wanted to email you, um, sure, is Veronica it's Ver- at Visionary Vets. Right? Yep, Veronica, but Veronica with a K. Veronica with a K, at, great. At visionaryvets.org. At visionaryvets.org. You also have an Instagram, and, and, and in addition to the webpage, and then also what you're doing with veronicaroseart.com, and they can find you there. Um, but I also, I wanted to t- go back to this, uh, th- October the 16th at the hostel in the forest and leave you, um, I'm, I'll put links in the show notes for the, the registration, for the information and all your contact information, but, um, kind of moving into the middle of the poem where we started, I'm a veteran. I joined the service while in my teens, traded my prom desk for camouflage greens. I'm the first in my family to do something like this, where I followed my father like he followed his. Defying fears and hiding doubt, I married my sweetheart before I shipped out. I miss Christmas and Easter, and could have been birthdays. I miss the birth of my son, but I knew what I was doing had to be done. And scooping to the end of this particular poem by Andrea Brett, um, I'm a veteran. I'm part of a fellowship, a strong, mighty band of each man and woman who has served this great land. And when old glory waves, I stand proud and stand tall. I keep her flying over you and over all. We raise the flag of all of our branches of service and that of veterans and that of healing and that of growth. We raise that flag over you all and offer you options to change. Thank you for listening today. Uh, Let's talk about veterans and PTSD and options that you have. Visionary Veterans Camp Out October the 13th is a first step in 
so many things that you're doing, Veronica. Thanks for joining today and like and talking about your story and what we're doing. I'm just excited to be a part of it all. And um, those who have an, at all interest, reach out. Even if you don't know what you want to do, if you want to, I don't know if I can afford, I don't know if I can donate, just do the registration form and we can help you with the rest. Getting there, transportation, flights, there, there's lots of options and we look forward to seeing you and hearing from you very, very soon. Um, if they follow Visionary Veterans, uh, um, on Instagram, I know we just did a live today that answers a lot of those questions. So they can go into the live um, tab on Instagram and they'll get a lot of the questions answered about the retreat or just message us directly on the contact us form. Great. Um, thank you so much. Closing words, Veronica, closing words. Sure. So, you know, <clears throat> maybe this is a little woo woo, but that's okay. I can, I can embrace that part about me now. Um, you know, I feel like our souls chose this time to be here. You know, we are at a pivotal moment in history where we have access to technology and resources and community like we never had before. And, you know, we are the warriors. We literally were warriors. And so now we can evolve to be the spiritual light warriors that we're meant to be. We can take our trauma and transition it into strength. You know, and we can heal ourselves by helping to heal other people. So if you're looking for ways to feel better, you know, and help humanity, like work on yourself, but also invite a friend and let's let's co-heal together. And I think as, you know, um, our souls chose to be here at this time and we're here to do big things. And so this is a calling for all these veterans that feel this call. They feel this community merging and we're going to do big things. This is only the beginning. You know, this is going to be epic because with all of our powerful warriors combined you know we're gonna heal the world so i just feel really good about this community so thank you so much for letting me share yes definitely thanks veronica thank you